The sermon scripture this week comes from Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans, starting at chapter 8, verse 31, and I'll read it. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will God not also along with Christ graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I find these words extremely comforting in times of hardship and in times of sorrow and grief or in those moments where we're feeling especially unsuccessful or unworthy or unproductive in those Times when we question our own ability to be loved, these words are definite reminders that we are loved and our own discomfort with receiving love cannot stop us from being loved by God. I also think that this scripture is not a proactive justification of one's actions, but rather it is a statement that in the face of adversity or chaos or life's complications that one cannot handle, those do not have the power to strip one's belovedness. What I mean by this is that it can be easy to read these words, especially the first half of these scriptures that says, what then shall we say in the response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It could be easy to read those words and to think that this is a set of scriptures that gives us a kind of power or justifies a kind of um, way of being where our actions are responsible to nobody except to God. And to say that the charges leveled against us in earthly ways are of no consequence because our ultimate judge is our creator. I don't think this is a correct interpretation of this text. And this is what I would call a proactive interpretation, um, a pr 
proactive justification kind of interpretation. I don't think this is a good interpretation of this text. Part of this hinges on verse 37, which reads, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. But also because Paul and the people he's writing to would have known persecution and trouble and hardship not of their own making. There are groups of people that would have been persecuted for worshiping. And he also explicitly draws from the Hebrew text. Romans 8.36 quotes Psalm 44.22. And so they would not have had to justify their actions in such a way where they are justifying a kind of like conquering or a kind of um, belief that superimposes itself upon the people around them, but they would have had to be justifying their own humanity, their own right to worship, their own way of being. And this set of scriptures, it works to help the reader, help Paul's audience know that no matter what hatred they're facing from the world, no matter what set of circumstances or persecution is happening to them that is not of their own making, that cannot stop God from loving them. That the ire and the hate from the people around them is not a reflection of God's intention or God's love for them. And now it might be easy to muddy this distinction to say that people out of sincere faith act in ways that oppress others or act in ways that they then pre-justify with the set of scripture and they truly believe that the ire of the people around them is upon them only because they're worshiping and living in such a way um, that they feel it's Christ-like and Christian and that this set of scriptures then justifies what they do and also holds them only accountable to God. But this put into the larger context of the letter to the Romans, and especially chapter 8, is talking about justification of one's soul and reconciliation to God. And this is in the line of Luther that there's nothing we can do to earn God's grace and there's nothing we can do to be worthy of God's grace but it is out of God's love for us that God's grace is extended to us and we are constantly reconciled to God and that the Holy Spirit and Christ intercede for us in the matters of our soul, in the matters of our reconciliation with God. 
So in that wider context, Paul is also saying that God loves you no matter what other set of circumstances in your life might make you question that. So this is not a pre-justification of acting in a certain way, but rather this is the bedrock principle of God's grace and love being for you. And so this is not to preemptively justify one's actions, but it is to preemptively tell one that God's love reaches them no matter what. I hope that's clear. <laughs> I feel like I started rambling a bit, but I hope my intention in describing this scripture in this way to curb a kind of justification of one's actions, but rather to say that one receives God's grace no matter what kind of environment or things are set upon them, and that one receives God's grace even if they themselves put themselves into hardship or into trouble or into toil, um, that one receives God's grace. So it doesn't justify one's actions, but it does let one know that they are truly a beloved of God. This doesn't mean that we don't answer to earthly things such as justice or the need to reconcile with one another. But for us to truly reconcile, for us to be forgiven, we must also know we're forgiven and reconciled to God. And that God's forgiveness and reconciliation help us to reconcile and to forgive with one another. Okay. I will close this uh, reflection on Romans 8, 31 through 38 with a prayer. If you'll please join me. Great reconciler and holy redeemer, God who forgives us, God who loves us, God whose grace is extended to us, no matter what circumstance or trial or even triumph we are in. I come to you in prayer asking for you to fill our lives with your presence. Let us be more than conquerors. Let us be reconcilers. As you love us through, in spite of, because of, hardship and famine and trouble, as your love conquers death, as your love is spread throughout all of our life, as your love can be separated from us by nothing, no power, neither the present nor the future, by no height nor depth can we be hidden from your love. Let us try to understand and model that love to others. 
and what has been a time of grief for many. A time of hardship and toil. A time when it is easy to forget that we are so deeply loved. May we read this scripture and know deep in our hearts that there is nothing, nothing, nothing that we can do, that any other thing can do to separate us from your love. Amen.